Today's program has been brought to you by Fairway Market. For more, visit fairwaymarket.com. Broadcasting live from Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn, you're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.com. Welcome to Let's Eat In on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Kathy Arway, and uh, we're here at Roberta's Pizzas, as usual, in Bushwick, Brooklyn. My guests are joined, me, uh, joined with me by phone. Unfortunately, um, they can't delight in this wonderful, um, small little, what's it called, uh, shipping container. But if you can t- try to uh, visualize that, that's where we are right now. Um, my guests today are Daniel Klein and Mira Fine from theperennialplate.com. Hey, guys. Hi. Hi. Hi out there in Minneapolis, correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. How's it going? Good. Thanks. Thanks so much for being here. Um, so they are the creators of the Perennial Plate a video series on adventurous and sustainable eating, correct? I got that right. And, um, you know, speaking of date meals, which I'd love to talk about on this show, their most recent video today um, has an, you know, an interesting idea for that. Um, Their latest video today is about iguanas because it's a invasive species. And, uh, you know, why not try eating that? So definitely adventurous, (laughs) adventurous eating and sustainable eating. That's the theme of your video series, which has been going on for how long now? We've been doing them since um, February of 2010, I think we put out our first video, so, and now we're on our 97th video we put out today, so about two years of straight <laughs> a video every Monday, uh, kind of an insane schedule. That but. is insane. Good job. Yeah. Congrats. What are I you don't know do for- how long we oh. can continue. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how you make a living. I mean, well, we can talk about that later, but that's a lot of travel. You guys are running around the planet, it seems, um, and uh, and then editing these things and then posting them once a week. How does um, that work? Sorry, I, cu- I couldn't hear the question. It, it's a little uh, choppy in the um, d- delivery. Well, that was a, a, yeah, yeah, but shipping container has a, no, just kidding. Um <laughs> A lot of bumps around. No. Um, okay, so so basically, um, this is a weekly series you've gotten involved with, and you're like on this crazy schedule, and you can't stop. What what's going to happen for the 100th episode? Anything, anything special? Uh, I don't think there's anything special beyond our normal. Um, let me try to think ahead to what's 100. Uh, I believe it is either. I think it's another. No, it's chickens in Lexington, Kentucky. Hmm. Um, they're they're illegal backyard chickens, and so we did this video about Lexington, Mira. No, it's in um, it was Nashville. Okay, sorry. <laughs> and so it's all these like upper middle class women who lunch who are hiding chickens in their backyard, um, and fighting the man to be able to keep them back there. Oh, that's really because interesting. It's illegal. Uh, has, yeah. That's so. Backyard chickens are illegal in in a place that sounds less likely to to be illegal than New York City, which which got legalized for chicken keeping uh, a year or so ago. 
Yeah, I think there's just some uh, archaic laws that exist around the country, um, mm. maybe that were formed back when people had more elaborate backyard farms. Um, and I think we're kind of governments have still held on to those rules, yet they may not be as applicable. So I think it's more of a process by which um, people are working to change those laws. Mm. But there still are curmudgeonly neighbors and people who don't want to, uh, you know, have what they think is going to be the smell of chickens next door. But it's usually, you know, there's gotcha. usually no smell or little. Wow, that, that's unexpected. It's it's interesting. I mean, you really do. Like, I I learn a lot of new things on each episode that that you know it wasn't even something I had a notion of. Um, so it definitely is an educational series. And um, oh, thank I, you. Yeah, I mean, someone um, commented on it. I think the quote from Tasting Table said that. Um, what did it say on your site? A welcome and refreshing departure from everything else that's on TV or the web. Um, so why web? Did, did you decide? And I know, Daniel, you've, you've been a producer and you have uh, a film that's been on TV and it's been, been on the big screen. Um, and this is, a, this is a really daring, I guess, series. Um, did, was there any reason why you decided to put it on the web as a free show that anyone can just watch? Yeah, totally. Um, from my experience of uh, making documentary films, I was had a lot of frustration around the time it takes for anything to get seen, and then even when it does get seen, the audience that it reaches. Um, you can spend two years making a feature-length film, and then another year or two promoting it and getting it out there. Um, and then, you know, some of its best shot is being seen at a festivals or, you know, in theaters in, like, New York and San Francisco places. So it's a, it's really frustrating to have put in so much time and love and effort into a project. Yeah, so as, as a viewer, I'd movie. have to go to this festival and buy, like, a pass to see all these films that, I, you know, might include yours, but all these, you know, things that I'd have to see, and it's not, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's only this smaller group, I guess. Is that right? Right, and so um, when I came up with this idea to do, um, well, actually, it was going to originally be a TV pilot. Um, I also know that that takes a really long time, and so I began to think about what else might be possible, and it seemed like the web, more and more people were watching their TV on the Internet. I watch my TV on the Internet when I do watch it, and I, um, you know, like Vimeo and going and checking out all these, you know, interesting artistic works. Mm-hmm. So it made sense to um, to put it out on the internet to get people to be able to watch it immediately. And I also like the idea of like doing cooking and doing uh, telling stories through the seasons. So people are kind of in the season of morels, for example, and what being able to watch video about morels and the fast-paced way of putting things on the internet made that possible. And um, and then, of course, when you're on the Internet, you also need to be putting out, unfortunately, content constantly to keep people coming back and visiting your site mm-hmm. um, and keeping your readers or viewers engaged. And so that was yeah, why it, we decided to do it once a week. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so. you, 
It's interesting because you mentioned you originally thought of this as a TV series, and I'm trying to imagine what it would be like on TV. And um, I can't, I can't imagine what they do with you guys, like put you in tons of makeup and like have you smile all the time at the camera and say, "All right, we'll be right back" or something. Um, I, I, I like how you're you're in the films, and Amira, who is the camera gal, <laughs> um, you can you can see um, shots of of Mira as well, shooting with the with the video camera, and you know taking turns sometimes with Daniel. Um, but it's not about you guys; it's about each subject in each episode. That is, and that, I think that that's refreshing, definitely. Well, thanks. We like to um, we like the idea. Not of that I don't like you guys. having the the. <laughs> camera person or the, um, the us basically be part of it because I think it's uh, it brings the viewer back to this fact that we're visiting and engaging with these subjects but, but as you said yeah we want the people to be the most important part of it um, so I think it just like brings it back home to the fact that this is a series and also maybe helps people identify perhaps a little bit more with the characters as we kind of sometimes struggle or with the issues involved in the, in the films, particularly Mira and her uh, <laughs> sadness around animals being slaughtered or killed. Um, so, yeah, I think I think it hopefully adds another element. But. And that's funny. So, so Mira, you're um, a vegetarian, I understand, because of one of the episodes that was filmed that kind of turned you off from meat for good? Yeah, because of the, the first episode, actually, when Daniel, we were living together, and he brought a live turkey home and kept it at the house for a week and then um, and then killed it. <laughs> and he kept on saying, oh, you should come meet it. It's so sweet but when it was still alive. And I was like, no, I can't. It'll be, it'll be too heartbreaking to see an animal that's about to die. And then when he killed it, I was like, you are a monster. How could you kill an animal? <laughs> he was like, well, you eat meat. So you're, you know, promoting the killing of animals, but you're just not willing. You're an accessory to, to monsterism. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I was like, okay, well, then I guess I won't eat meat. And um, my younger sister stopped eating meat too because of that episode. Oh wow! I think we're the I think we're the only two though <laughs> that stopped eating meat because of the perennial point. Well, the only two we've heard about. Oh, well, I'm sure there's yeah. probably others. I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, for better or for worse, I, I think that that's a totally. Um, you know, sane approach to, you know, being faced with these things that we don't normally see. And you guys definitely put it on, you know, in front of, you, you put it in front of people's faces in ways that are also very enlightening and entertaining, but pretty, you know, there, there's moments there that are a little grim. So definitely. Yeah. I, mean, I think that's why as like a vegetarian, if I can, um, I can still be a part of this project where we, we do show killing, you know, the killing of animals. But I think it's important that it makes people think about what really happened, you know, and not just in that food fact, you know, factory farm way where animals are killed in horrible ways, which is, you know, awful, but also in the reality of, like, the good way mm-hmm. implication that, that animals are killed as well. But do you, think, you know? still think that Daniel's a monster? <laughs> yes. <laughs> in other ways, too, though. <laughs> Not just that one. <laughs> well, I'm glad your your working relationship seems to be going well so far with the <laughs> episodes still coming out. Um, no, that's funny. Um, so what was the most eye-opening episode for you guys? I mean, there's like the 97. Episode, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I were to, you know, go through them um, and, yeah. You know, it's, 
I, I feel like it'd be hard to say one that was the most eye-opening because I came into this, you know, like a a junk food, mass-produced, you know, processed food eater. Processed foodie? So Got it. For me, like, there's been a lot of really eye-opening things. Um, but, like, the three that I guess are the most eye-opening was um, the episode we put out last week with the tomato laborers in Immokalee, Florida. Right. Um, just seeing the farm workers that are that are growing the majority of our food that we most people don't really realize or really think about. Mm-hmm. Um, that one. And then there was also um, any invasive species was a, was a hard one, especially as a vegetarian to see because these, you know, animals or birds or fish that are taking over. And for me, like, I don't, I don't want to, you know, intentionally kill anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a hard struggle to, to think about, like, well, what, what can you do about, um, about these animals that are hurting the environment? Um, and in some ways, it's the most sustainable thing you can eat by, you know, killing the iguanas and eating them or Asian carp or feral pigs, you know. Yeah, that's a really tricky subject. Cause it's like, well, there's not enough natural predators. Well, we're a predator. Ah, who's gonna pre- <laughs> who's gonna eat us? I, I don't know. So yeah, that's a very big topic. And and kudos to putting out that piece about lizard. Um, what about you, Daniel? What what are some of your highlights? Um, I I taking back to some of the stuff uh, I got to do in Minnesota in the first season. Um, I, I was born in Minnesota, but I grew up, um, in England and, in, and then lived in New York. So I've only lived in Minnesota for three years, so I didn't have that great of an understanding about my home state. Mm. And so to be able to travel around Minnesota up north, go wild racing, go ice fishing, do all these things that are sort of really part of the culture here, um, and things that I had never had the chance to experience to get to do that was really eye-opening and to kind of like re-engage with Minnesota and become, you know, welcome back to my home state. Oh, cool. Uh, Are you liking it now? Loving it? Like living there for, for good or not for good, but I mean for, you know, as your home base. Yeah, we're actually, um, this phone call is an interruption from our moving in and cleaning our new apartment. So we're off the road now and we're back in Minnesota and, uh, trying (laughs) to, uh, maybe spend a little time here before our next adventure or whatever that may be. Awesome. Well, but yeah, thanks for it's, taking a, it's a really wonderful place. I mean, we traveled all around America and saw, you know, lots of community gardens and people doing really great stuff with food, but, you know, we're, we're really proud of what's going on here. Um, you know, the, the, the community that is, that exists around good food in the state is really pretty phenomenal. Awesome. I'll have to check it out. Um, are you going to have any Minnesota-based episodes coming up, or is there one I should particularly check out already on the site? Um, there is a pretty intense one about uh, buffalo. There is oh. a, a wild rice video that's really peaceful and beautiful. Um, the most popular, actually, whenever we hear of someone from like around the country who's seen a video of ours, um, they're always like, oh, we love Duck Five Ways. Where Daniel broke down twenty five ducks. And awesome. Makes, um, what did you make? Uh, sausage, duck prosciutto, um, duck confit, um, riette, pancetta. Know, pancetta. Yeah, so five 
I don't know, five different things. Ooh, which fun. is just a cook, it's just a cooking video, but people like the cooking videos too, which is actually what we're probably going to spend a fair amount of the summer doing is just putting out some cooking videos, um, just to Sweet. be able to enjoy Minnesota and the bounty that we have here and, uh, you know, but still people what they want. Cool. Well, um, I know you guys just picked out a song, so um, we're going to skip to that and be right back and talk about more some more cooking videos for that. Fairway Market. Whether you are cooking for one or for a crowd, Fairway Market literally has everything you need for a fantastic meal. But if you don't feel like cooking, no worries. They cater. Check out fairwaymarket.com for more information. And be sure to check the new blog, On Our Plate, for weekly specials, health tips, and recipes. Hey, we're back on Let's Eat In with Daniel and Mira from the Perennial Plate. Uh, what was that song you just put on? Um, that was a Lucy, Michelle, and the Velvet Lapel song. They were one of, they were a band from Minnesota, from Minneapolis, and they were one of the first bands that let us use their music. Um, and they actually had the sort of intro music for the first season. Cool. We, we used entirely Minnesota music for the first season, um, and and they were we had, had almost every one of their songs on on our um, episodes, so uh, cool. we like to support them, and, and and they have a new album that just came out, so that's a track from there. Awesome! Well, um, I love all the music on the episodes; they all fit like the you know the mood pretty well. Um, so, um, thank you. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see um, you know the next season, especially based in Minnesota. I think that's a really and also based on cooking too. My favorite um, subject, probably in the world uh but we do have <laughs> so we had a um question from a listener um jennifer lindahl asks what is the thing you would love to film so what's something that you're you know kind of aching to do not sure if you're going to do would love to do what is something else that we'd love to film yeah oh my gosh there's i know so so many <laughs> I mean, I would I would like to get actually into filming um, a few more larger, slightly larger farm operations. We've done um, some of them, but I think that's sort of an interesting subject to see how um, people are able to straddle being a responsible um, farm or company yet expand a little bit. Sure. Um, that's that's really interesting to me. Uh, anything about foraging is really uh, fun. Because you just get to go out and walk in the woods and look for mushrooms. Or oh, you got it. <laughs> have you uh, have you spoken with Wildman Steve Brill? He's a foraging yeah, expert. I, okay. I okay. haven't I haven't spoken to him, but I get his. Well, I get too many emails from him, but I get his <laughs> emails. Um, yeah, foraging. And uh, yeah, I actually have even a, a app on my phone from Samuel Thayer, the the forager from Wisconsin. 
Mm-hmm. Um, if, if you're really into it, it's pretty cool. You can just like they, they give you the list of all these edible and dangerous plants, and you can and they give you three or four pictures of it. It's pretty cool. Awesome. All right. Well, that, you know, that's there's um, I guess a ton of topics to explore, and you've already hit a lot that I didn't even know existed. So um, onward. I mean, a, a huge a huge part about it is not necessarily like what the t- each topic is. It's most often related to who the people are. Um, mm-hmm. And so, although we like to find interesting subjects to pique people's interest, um, what a big part of it is just um, get letting people get to know a farmer or, or a fisherman or, you know, someone that they can, like, develop a, a link to through mm-hmm. an emotional connection. Right, seeing their so, faces and um, in a kind of like candid way. What what I love about it is not like a a talking head documentary, and it's not quite just you know, um, uh, well, it's not a print interview. Um, but you get some really cool moments that uh, I don't think you could get in either format. Um, uh, I remember uh, I really love that interview you managed to get with um, I don't remember his name, but the owner of Anson Mills in that episode about the. Anson Mills, oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, seed um, saving and so forth. Um, yeah, it was just is, really honest is, and cool. Yeah, he is honest, and I mean that was uh, an interview which he everything he said was was gold. He's a really intelligent person, and I kind of was sad to have to cut it down to <laughs> so short of a timeline. I mean that's often an experience, but um, in that particular case, it was just lots of, as you put it, like nuggets of, you know, or um, sound bites that were just really easy to use. On the other hand... the web, mm -hmm. you want it to be, like, we want it to be, like, around seven minutes, four to seven minutes long, you know? Mm -hmm. So it can be challenging to to cut out all the good stuff people say. Definitely. On the other hand, have you ever had um, an experience where you set out to make an episode... um, talk to some people and it just didn't work for whatever reason uh, work enough for your purposes yeah there's been a there's been a couple um the first thing that we did when we first set out from iowa because we went on you know we planned a six-month road trip around the country Mm -hmm. um by car so about like two hours from minnesota um is seed savers seed savers exchange yeah cool yeah, and it was it's really interesting. It's really it's really cool and what they're doing with seeds is really great. Um, but it just didn't make sense for the first episode because a lot of it was like indoors and looking at, you know, seeds and shelves and in drawers and stuff like that. So that wasn't um that wasn't great for the mm-hmm. first episode. Um, and then, you know, there was another time we went to um a Native American reservation in South Dakota and We'd heard that the story was more focused on food, and once we got there, it it wasn't as much. Um, wow! So that one didn't work. But I feel like usually Daniel edits all the episodes, and I feel like he can. Um, I mean, there's been times when we film something, and afterwards he's like, "Oh, I don't know what I'm going to put together with this. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how it's going to work." And then he makes it work, and it's great. Right. So it's kind of like a, a really maybe it's editor. that chef mentality because he has a lot of kitchen training. You just got to make it work. Make it yeah. come together. Keep adding more <laughs> ingredients and so forth. Yeah, it's very much like a, create, a creative process like that where you um, 
you have a set of ingredients and you, you know, develop a menu or a, a dish based on the best of what is there, or, or sometimes not just the best, but what things work best together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one of the reasons, um, you know, you had mentioned earlier a quote about how it's different from what's on TV, I think one of the biggest things is that we don't really go into any of our um, filming a preconceived notion of what the video is going to be about or the episode is going to be. We go in and we film and we interact um, with our subject and Neat. see what they're doing. And um, go, go to the editing, editing board and kind of take the best moments without saying, like, oh, we need to tell this story. We don't need to tell any story. We just need to tell the best story that came out. From right. That. So, and because we have that once a week format, it really lets us let us change and do things completely differently. You know, totally. like last week was tomato labor and their hard life, and this week is about a guy who drives a golf cart and shoots lizards. You know, <laughs> like pretty dramatically different, but that keeps it interesting for us. And it, it definitely keeps me on my the edge of my seat, wondering what kind of bizarre meal people are going to be eating in the next episode. Um, <laughs> Or delicious one. Um, so right. speaking... <laughs> um, that lizard was delicious, by the way. Yeah, I mean, it looks okay. Um, I've never <laughs> had it, but we'll see. Um, no, it, it really was, like, better than... I mean, I would happily eat it, you know, as any, any, in, in any meal. It was just really very good. There's nothing gross about it at all. I believe you. I mean, alligator's okay, right? We all like that. Down south, yeah. those crazy yeah, New Orleans totally. people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, speaking more of cooking, um, what is? And I know you guys are a couple, um, but if you had to pick an ultimate date meal and you could take turns, what would be this imaginary perfect meal that we that we cooked or that we went out for? Um, it could be either. Yeah. No, it's no, hard to think about it. I mean. You know, a nice date meal is obviously when you're cooking something for um, that the other person is gonna like. Um, gotcha. And so, Mira likes—I don't know—her probably favorite date food would literally be pasta with a really good tomato sauce. That's what I was gonna homemade say. Homemade pasta with tomato sauce. Yay! <laughs> cute. <laughs> there you go. And I mean, that's probably—that's one of my. Even though it's so simple, it tends to be one of my favorite things to to make. Anyways, just a really good tomato sauce. That's what Lady and, in the Tramp and, thought too. He <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no meatballs though. No meatballs, yeah. sorry. Yeah. And I don't really I'm not that big on the the fake meat stuff, so no fake meat. <laughs> no. What either. about pasta? Is it fresh or al dente? Any you know, dried semolina? Do you have It a, would be fresh and al dente. I mean, it would be fresh and cooked, you know, very quickly because special date then you gotta go all out it can't just be um, I mean I love dried pasta too but yeah that's kind you know, of like you're, you're, you're going the extra mile when you when you roll it out perfect so yeah Kira, what about you what would you if you were taking me on a date um I would probably let's see probably like foie gras stuffed in like turducken <laughs> I guess that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. 
monster food. <laughs> just give him a bag yeah. that says monster she, she food. She likes to portray me very positively. <laughs> I'm meat eating. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, um, uh, it sounds like you guys have a pretty good um, idea of what the ultimate date meal is for you guys, and that's what I love hearing. It's just those, you know, really individual answers do you guys cook much i mean you must be traveling around the world do you do you find the time to to enjoy cooking or maybe that's something you're going to do soon now that you're settled that is something that we're really looking forward to doing um we just got this new apartment and we're packing our cooking stuff so we have not been cooking much at all because we've been on the road eating iguanas i think yeah eating iguanas and i think i've gained i think if you watched like the season, you could see me being like this, you know, skinny guy and gaining like pound per like episode <laughs> throughout the. Because uh, you know you're traveling and so you're eating out all the time, and then we're you know meeting chefs that we know and eating with them, and it's just like this mm. a little bit of as wonderful an adventure as it was a bit gluttonous as well on my part. Although we didn't eat um, fast food. I mean, the only fast food we had was, like, Subway once or twice. How do you manage to, to be on the road and, and avoid fast food? How do we? Yeah, like, well, we what's some strat- Like, what's a tip? Like, do you go to Whole Foods or what? Well, I think we went hungry a lot of mornings. <laughs> yeah, because we were in the middle. You know, we were in, like, the backwoods of Mississippi. And, you know, there was one instance where we had to go to a Walmart parking lot and eat um, string cheese because, like, that was... I <laughs> love it best option. <laughs> the best option in this giant store. <laughs> yeah, and then Yikes. we went out um, catching frogs in a swamp right afterwards. So that oh, okay. was good. So that sated your appetite. A good, well-rounded day. <laughs> but there was, there was um, you know, we had like the book Southern Belly by John T. Edge, which is a great, and also an Southern, Southern, what's it, by John T. Edge? Southern what? Yeah, Southern Belly. Belly. I yeah, gotta check that so out. He, he like, points out all these, um, you know, little places, famous places, not famous places that just have a huge amount of character and always serve food that's really, really fantastic. I mean, not Uh always good for you, but it's, if you're ever in the South, you need to get that book. It was a survival guide. Cool. But it's also like a really interesting, like historical, you know, food book, you know, explaining like the, the food establishments of, you know, the past decades. It's really, really interesting. Yeah, you can just read it as an enjoyable book, too. Are you guys, do you have any plans to write books yourselves? We, yes. <laughs> really? We, I love it when do. people come yeah. out with that. Cool. Actually, um, that's what, along with our just cooking this summer, we hope to be spending a lot of time um, working on a cooking slash travel slash, you know, just musings book. Um, about our trip about Minnesota and yeah food. that's so exciting guys I can't wait to see it yeah. um, unfortunately yeah, that's it's a little daunting <laughs> it's a little daunting well yeah just I mean you, I, I'm sure it'll be brilliant so um, best of luck with it Thanks. and um, unfortunately that's about all the time we got for now but um Thanks again for being on the show. And everyone check out theperennialplate.com to see all these crazy videos that we've been talking about. Thanks, Daniel and Mira. Yeah, thank you so much for having us on. All right. Yeah, enjoy your new happy. place. Thank you. See you all next right, bye. week. Bye. 
Thanks for listening to this program on the Heritage Radio Network. You can find all of our archived programs on heritageradionetwork.com, as well as a schedule of upcoming live shows. You can also podcast all of our programs on iTunes by searching Heritage Radio Network in the iTunes Store. You can find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for up-to-date news and information. Thanks for listening.